Welcome to Australian Music Podcasts, or AMP for short, produced by Hugh and Rod with Joe and Luke to provide histories and critiques of the first 50 years of Australia's sometimes progressive, other times just peculiar rock and pop music. In the podcast, we discuss a particular stream or genre of music and then also present our own musical tribute as we celebrate on all that's good and very occasionally bad in Australian music. In this episode of Australian Music Podcast, we're looking at the punk era in Australia and, of course, the post-punk era moving into new wave. We always start these about the, you know, the origins of each genre and there's a band in Sydney, really a long-haired Goots and they looked kind of Neanderthal, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, I think yeah. one of the one of the bookers from the venue looked you at their guys long look hair. Like they're missing links. <laughs> yeah, you guys look like <laughs> missing links here yeah, between Neanderthal and, and man. Um, and they were. They became the missing links. That's how they got their name. And that, you know, they are a really wild band. And this we're talking about mid sixties, sixty five. Yeah, sixty five yeah, or yeah, even yeah, late sixty yeah. four. Um, well, ra- they, around they were, the Sydney clubs. They were influenced by all the garage band thing happening in the States and everything. But yeah, they, and of course the Rolling Stones, Rolling as Stones. everybody was. I think they're worth playing. There's a couple of versions of them. Um, let's have a listen to it first, though, and we'll discuss who was in the band a, a bit later. But this is The Missing Links with You're Driving Me Insane. Sort of that drummer, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Why this? You know, the sounds quite primitive, like the guys in the band. You know, it's maybe just a one-car garage that was recorded. Which in. lineup was that? There was there were two lineups. Well, the well, that, that was the, the the second lineup run by a guy called Andy James. It also had Doug Ford from the Masters Apprentices in it. Look, it was actually started uh, a guy called Peter. Anson and and Danny Cox was the drummer, but it also had uh, the great Ronnie Peel. Ronnie was in Peel, it too. yeah, he's a bit of an Australian music legend. Uh, Rockwell T. James, of course, later on, and played with John Paul Young, etc. Yeah, most interesting. A lot of people, the great Glenn Baker and his Raven Records, always puts the missing links up there as, as perhaps the link of Australian early sixties music, mid sixties music, and the link through to punk music. Well, so I'm sure, a- I'm sure the Saints and those later punk bands and the kind of punk explosion, which I'll come to you later were influenced by these guys. Well, look, most interestingly, there was a version of that song that Ross Wilson did for a film soundtrack, and you're right, the Saints did do a version of one of their songs, Wild About You, so they were very aware of them. So, yeah, most interesting. And, and look, the other band, now down to Melbourne, the, the, it was a very <laughs> sophisticated jazz scene. There were bands called, you know, one of them was the Red Onions Jazz Band, and there was also the Wild Cherries. Now, they merged and came up with a very exciting sound. And they and were the, the loved ones. The loved ones, that's from, right. From the Evelyn War book. Of course, that's right. The single was called The Loved One, the name of the book, and The Loved Ones is the name of the band. 
and just talking about Glenn Baker and Raven Records, of course, they also re-released the album that all the songs by the loved ones came out of. The Magic Nothing Box, Magic I think, Box. The Magic Box. Yeah, yeah. a great album. A great album, and certainly a good decision to change their name from the Red Onions Jazz Band. I mean, the singer Jerry Humphrey has played clarinet in the jazz band. Okay. Not Barry Humphrey's brother, by the way. It's, oh, he's not Barry Humphrey. No, no apparently that, not. Everyone knows that. Urban myth. But some people think he was. Yeah. So this is The Loved One by The Loved by the Ones. By The Loved Ones. vocals ever recorded it's like an in Australian arrogant, record kind of arrogant attitude in that vocals, isn't that? Yeah, Just I suppose that's why everybody snarly, says it's so punk. You know? yeah. so, so, so far we've got a bit of a punk attitude in the vocals, haven't we? Gnarly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, in the rhythm of that, it's a very unusual rhythm in the verse, it's a kind of 9-8. Wow, and I apparently the, wow. Uh, Apparently Ian Klein, the organist, yeah. said, well, I, love the, I love the whole song and I love the rhythm but he suggested putting those hand claps in so people would have something to latch onto. Oh. Otherwise, I'd be confused by that kind of rhythm. Yeah, well, I was, I'm confused by 9 I'm, I'm still confused know, so. by it, but yeah. <laughs> Thank God for the hand claps. Oh, look, but it's, isn't it just beautiful, you know? I mean, in excess did a version later. In excess did an OK version of yeah. it, but it didn't have that snarly kind no, of No, even Hutchins about it. imitating Jagger, even Jagger couldn't have sung it with the characteristics that Jerry Humphreys brought to it, which were really punk, basically. Okay, now let's move on to a guy that does challenge Jerry Humphreys a little bit from Brisbane. I think he's an Irish guy originally. Chris Bailey. Chris Bailey from the Saints. They did a song in brackets, I'm in brackets, Stranded. Now, it's just a monster sound and it got great interest and success in England, which the Saints couldn't quite capitalise on. All right, it's a fantastic song. I mean, it's hard, it's fast and mean, it's got a raucous vocal, buzzsaw guitar. Although no one was interested in it at the time. They, they formed their own record label, Fatal Records, and marketed it themselves, sent it off to the UK. Sounds magazine in June 76 voted a single of the week. Oh, great. And it basically had an influence on the whole punk movement in Britain. Fantastic. Well, you know, so just with the vocals as good as the loved ones, here's the Saints, I'm Stranded. Coming at me all the time 
film clip of these guys now now they are the true Australian punks which is what we started to talk about before there's no safety pins or, or yeah, that's uh, right or is it a razor blades they're wearing flannels yeah, and jeans you know, straight yeah. out of the surf <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no mohawk hairstyles <laughs> dripping over the front no that's right I mean you know Australian punk had the, that was it about the occasional safety pin through the nose that was about it sometimes oh, that's right and bands like World War 24 with foam and it was stuck to his head you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Northern Beaches Northern punks. Beaches punk that's right <laughs> well, look, also, that, you know, they're, they're from Brisbane. We're talking around about 75, 76 now. And of course, since 74 in Sydney, there'd been Radio Birdman. And, uh, you know, the, that's Rob Young of the lead singer, Dennis Tech, you know, from the States, from Detroit. Chris Manswack and Warwick Gilbert were in there somewhere. Actually, Warwick was a great graphic artist. So they were in the Hitmen later. Very, and very influenced by the Detroit kind of... The Detroit band's like them too. There's so many per- permutations later after Radio Birdman fractured. And they a did. lot of them, you know, played with members of, you know, MC5 and the Stooges. Well, Dennis Tech was American. He, he, he yeah. came out here to study medicine, actually. He was a, a, a medical student. A, yeah, he's still a doctor around yeah. town. Uh, and they do reunions occasionally, and very successful ones. Look, this is early on in their career. This is a song called New Race, yeah, which you, you have a certain reflection to make. Yeah, well, I mean, at the time, the mainstream media, I mean, the mainstream media was frightened of punk. I mean, someone that said, yeah, what is it? Punk is a sinister new teenage pop cult uh, based on sex, sadism and violence that's mm. sweeping Britain. Yeah, well, we sort of missed out on all that in Australia, I think. We did, but the mainstream media hated they didn't. They, they were scared of a new race. They thought it was a kind of Nazi thing, you know, when really it's just a whimsical little song about teenage, teenagers yeah. mutating to a new species. <laughs> yeah. Look, it wasn't that dangerous in Australia because, like, even Ram magazine, which was essentially a pop and rock magazine, you know, they, they were right early on into Birdman and they used to feature Birdman from several... 75 onwards. We talk about sort of rock journalist who was the editor of Ram magazine, Anthony O'Grady there, who, you know, who's a great supporter of Australian music, but, but especially of Radio Birdman as well, and sort of put them in the fold whether they wanted to be or not of, 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 of hit acts to watch. So look, anyway, this is New Race by Radio Birdman.
it's a bit like um, it's a bit like the Ramones, but more musical. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, you know, they are so influential in Australian music, and, and I'm sorry I didn't mention more members. You know, there was Pip Hoyle and and, and plenty of other people. A lot that of people went through the band, band, I think. Yeah. You know, they fractured. Uh, they've come back. They fracture again. But their members played with so many other bands from '75 onwards, and produced some really good records with other bands as well, which we will mention during this podcast when they come up. Now, look in Melbourne, the big, most influential band of all was the Boys Next Door, Nick Cave's first band, and they were all school pals. They all came from the same school. Look, from my memory, it was Mick Harvey, of course. And Mick Roland, Harvey. Roland, Roland Howard was. Uh, Roland Howard's a bit later, but yeah, he joined. Uh, but Tracy Pugh and Phil Calvert are the, is the original four. And of course, the boys next door became the birthday party, but they were the same members essentially. They'd already had a hit on Mushroom Records with Shiver, but they weren't really kings of the underground until they joined the Missing Link label of all the names. Hopefully, Missing Link was named after the Missing Links that we mentioned before. I guess so. So, so I remember Keith Glass was the guy that had that label. So when they signed to Missing Link Label, the birthday party ended up with a number one on the British indie charts. And it's this outstandingly wild song. Nick Cave lyrics, of course, which are kind of out there. Really out there. And then the sound started getting really out there as well. This is called Release the Bats by the Birthday Party. Get the idea? I get the idea. I think we're releasing the bets that are going to bite us. Oh, it's a wild night at Melbourne or in London. They were in London by this stage, I think. And it's kind of at the end of the punk movement, really. I mean, the punk explosion, which happened yeah. in, like, I suppose, 76 to 78, it's a bit It's a bit like the bubblegum explosion earlier. The bubblegum was a response to, to psychedelic and punk was a response to kind of the overblown kind of progressive rock of the era. Oh, it sure, it sure was. And, and look, most interestingly, this is actually, that was actually, look, let me have a look, 1981. Uh, yeah, that which, song. Which so is yeah, kind of post-punk new wave, I suppose. That's right. Well, that's where we are. Then. That's where we've landed now. Yeah. Over in Perth, yeah, say about 1978 through to 81, a guy called Kim Salmon had a band called The Scientists, sometimes Kim Salmon and The Scientists. Later, Kim Salmon had The Surrealists, so it was Kim Salmon and The Surrealists. They had Roddy Radar from uh, The Hoodoo Gurus. There was a big scene happening in Perth then. Well, you bet. The Hoodoo Gurus, The Stems, The, the Scientists. That's right, that's right. And Kim Salmon was kind of the king, and he still is very very influential in the whole Australian post-punk scene. Anyway, let's go back early and listen to their song, which is called Frantic Romantic from their early period.
listening to AMP, Australian Music Podcasts. Rod, you were talking before about what musically punk was a response to, and this is quite interesting. All this West Australian movement led to a lot of flirting with 60s pop culture. West Australian bands were putting the pop back into punk. Well, I was saying that punk music and roundabout, right, the, the real punk explosion happened in 76 to 78 as a response to overblown kind of progressive rock and what they called dinosaur rock at the stage, in a kind of similar way as we talked about. You mean about. sort of like the end of the Led Zeppelin era and, and all and of that? Yes, and you know, Genesis and all those big sort of overblown Emerson, Lake and Palmer okay. bands. People wanted to get back and make it more accessible to people. Anyone could pick up a guitar and play a punk song, you know. Yeah. I mean, inter- interestingly enough, the Ramones thought they were playing bubblegum. That's, that, that's, <laughs> the way, that's the way it came out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, I, I remember in the, in the Kim Salmon, the scientist, I forgot to mention James Baker, also from the Hoodoo Gurus, Roddy Radar from the Hoodoo Gurus. Yeah, they joined Dave Faulkner and they moved to Sydney. And when it all boiled down, they were writing about TV shows, pop TV shows. They were writing about, you know, crazy pop songs, Hollywood movies of the 50s and 60s. And they still had a punk attitude, but there was kind of just recycling the pop thing in it as well. And yeah, becoming... yeah. I mean, they're a pop band with a, you know, with a harder American sound, you know. Uh, but, but most interestingly, when they perhaps got to their best lineup, they got Brad Shepard, who's a great guitarist, to join. And he was in a band... You know, a band called Super K, which was a tribute bubblegum band uh, about Jeffrey Kazanitz and Jeff Katz. Yeah, they were the bubblegum producers that did Ohio Express, 1910 Fruit Gum Company, Lemon Pipers, you know, all our favourite bands. All our favourite on Buddha Records. On Buddha Records (laughs) that we did that podcast about. So Brad Shepard, who's a real bubblegum freak, joined Hoodoo Gurus and they did this fantastic bloody album, Stone Age Romeos, that had three hit singles. They had... Tojo, yeah, never made it. Tojo one. never made it. I want you back. And then this song that we're going to listen to, this is 1983, all recorded in Sydney, and this is My Girl. I mean, somebody said, my girl, what's that got to do with punk? But what it's got to do with punk is it's a three simple cause. It, it could be the Trogs and Wild thing. It could, it, it could be Louie Louie and the various versions that inspired so many punk bands. You know, it's just E, A and D. Anyone you know. could pick up a guitar and make that song. Yeah. yeah. I just said the three simple chords and I got them wrong. E, <laughs> e, e A and B. E, A and B. Or A, A and D. What comes up? Yeah, exactly. But the point is the lyric is, is really wonderful. It's a, it's a Stay Faulkner's so clever. It's a, it's a love song about love songs. And it's a very pretty post-punk song. We're not really talking about punk music here. We're talking about new wave that ca- and pop now. Well, it's, that, where, that punk came went, out of it's it. where punk went That's to. That's right. I mean, you can't keep playing that buzz chord, three buzz, buzz saw chords and singing a raucous vocal forever. It has to develop into something. That's which right. It did. The 70s had to go and the <laughs> 80s were now in and pop was back, you know, with this band. Over in Sydney again, there was a band called the Screaming Tribesmen and a, a really 
active lead singer called Ron Pino and a guitarist, Brett Myers. They started, I think, one of the most underrated bands of a whole new wave pop scene of the 80s and then 90s, and that's Died Pretty. Doughboy Hollow it was a fabulous oh, it's album. a fabulous album, too. isn't it? You know, in fact, if, I would recommend it to anybody to get a, a, a copy of Doughboy Hollow and have, give it a good play and re-evaluation. Now you had a good quote before when we were talking of... Oh, look, there's a, there was a critic, yeah. Jeff Jenkins, he's an interesting writer, and he, he made a, a lovely quote about Died Pretty. He said they were every bit as good as R.E.M. They should have conquered the world. You know, Ron Pino's one of the great front, front men. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, look, it, it says the masterful Doughboy Hollow is, put simply, perfect. And I reckon it is too. What song are we going to hear from... Ah, uh, look, it's a, it, it's a lovely song called DC. song. It is a beautiful song, and it really is, and the whole album is well worth listening, as we said. Look, that, that continuing quote, uh, also on, Do- on the album Doughboy Hollow, is a song called God Bless, and that leads us into the final band in this podcast. The, the lyrics uh, of God Bless say, so here I am, alone with you, the Sunny Boys, God bless them, and God bless you. And that leads us into the Sunny Boys, you know, a bit earlier than Died Pretty, of course, they're, they're an 80s band. Just as the 80s hit, they hit too, and they hit with an EP um, produced, produced by, by Lobby Lloyd. Lobby Lloyd, yeah. They were the uh, and they got their name, of course. I mean, it's a pop, pop culture thing. They got their name from um, the little tetra pack of orange juice. So yeah, they were frozen orange juice. That's right. You throw it at people, throw it at, people. <laughs> <laughs> throw it at cars and stuff. You know. Yeah. So like the true punk that you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Sunny Boys had great hits. They had a, a, a Alone with You, a Happy Man. They had a Happy Man, and uh, also Show Me Some Discipline. You know, all top forty charting singles. But their very first EP was produced by Lobby Lloyd, who also produced them then. Now, they signed to... They were the first Sydney band to sign with the Mushroom label. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Mushroom was so... Oh, totally Melbourne-oriented. Big Melbourne, big big Melbourne operation. Yeah, and so Lobby Lloyd, of course, who's a Melbourneite and New Gadinsky and all of that, must have been interested... What, what interests me, though, was the Sydney connection was Phantom Records, and that's where they released their first Lobby Lloyd EP, Alone With You. But on that EP is a track I think we should also have a listen to. It was called The Seeker.
Well, it's nice to finish off our punk new wave post-punk era with the Sonny Boys, who for Sydneyites were just one of the great live acts uh, of, of the 80s. Still are, actually. They still keep coming back and they still resonate in the hearts of many. So what have we learned? We, 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 we've learned that something about the Australian character suited punk. I think so, yeah. I mean, even going back to Johnny O'Keefe, in a way, was a punk. He was, he was, he was a bit amateurish and a bit rebellious. You know? Yeah, so are the Easy Beats. Yep, the so easy in beats. excess. Yep. You know, we haven't done anything on in excess during the series, but I suppose we'll, sure we'll, get to deal, them we'll deal with them later. <laughs> um, we, our punk bands broke through a lot internationally. They did indeed. And, 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 and some of them still remain. And they, and, and they took punk to another level in some ways too. Yeah. And that nice uh, pop influence that has made it more commercially successful thanks to the hoodoo gurus and stuff like that. Indeed. And we made up our own song about punk rock. We have. Inspired by the Northern Beaches punks. <laughs> but this, one, this one's called Middle Class Punk. Thanks for listening to this episode of AMP, Australian Music Podcasts. Our main sources for these special AMP podcasts are essentially our fading memories and quite erratic music industry experiences. But there's always invaluable material from writers such as David Nichols, Ian McFarlane, Glenn A. Baker, Anthony O'Grady and the Miles Ago website.